Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Romance Happy Hour. Hi, I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm here with Don Ludicky and Erica Ridley tonight. Thanks for joining us for our last live broadcast of 2020. Yes. Yes. How are we feeling about that, Don? <laughs> I I can't wait until the holidays. I'm I love you guys to death, but I'm I'm ready for a break. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm not even writing like during that holiday. Um, Cause I think it would have been like on Christmas or something if we did yes. our next broadcast. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. We decided that you'd probably rather spend time with your families than hang yeah. out with on Christmas. For sure. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of people joining in. We got yeah. and Heather. We've got a couple of our favorite Karens. <laughs> so, welcome everybody. Yeah. So Dawn, before mm -hmm. we get to Erica to let her introduce herself, what have you been working on? You're excited to get to the holidays. Is that because you're ready to like hang yeah. up your, your homeschool teaching hat and hell yeah. Like have some so, <laughs> so apparently and, and this is this is like for now, but you know, everything can change within a you know day, mm -hmm. hours. But as of right now, the kids are going back to to school on January 4th and uh, my, my younger two, my older two, I just pulled them and I'm homeschooling them. So, but the younger two, I'm pretty excited to kick back out to the school system for, you know, a couple hours, but uh, mm -hmm. cause these zooms are driving me crazy, but yes. And I am excited. I'm working on um, just my book for my agent, mm -hmm. um, the doggy app book. So I'm doing revisions for that. And it's going pretty good. I like I like where it's going. So I'm excited about that. But other than that, I'm kind of chilling for the this month. So <laughs> what about you, Dylan? I know you you've got some news and news. Um, yeah, your release. Oh, January. Yep. Mm -hmm. Coming up in January, I've got the next book in the Tying the Knot in Texas series comes out. And I asked in my reader group what they want me to read from tonight. And that's what I'm gonna read from. So y'all will get a sneak peek at that. Um, what else is going on? I've been like writing like a crazy person. I have a short story due that needs to go in uh, this weekend. I just turned in edits on Getting Lucky in Love that comes out in March. Um, oh, and I launched uh, the Romance Happy Hour book box. Yes. So great. I love it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that yet, um, go check it out. We, we have a contest running through tonight. I think you've got like another two hours if you haven't seen that yet. Um, if you look somewhere, well, it's all over on, on my page and, and um, on the Romance Happy Hour page. And, and I made up a, a cute t-shirt. So a Romance Lovers t-shirt and a signed copy of Cowboy Christmas Jubilee. So so feel free to check that out. And I only have a limited number of um, Romance Happy Hour book boxes available. So if you haven't checked those out yet, um, go check it out at bookboxbabe.com. Heather is asking how many books in the box and I will give you, so I asked around, I wasn't sure if I should reveal what's in it or not because, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm telling you guys, this is going to be awesome. And you, you have to trust me because you can't see it because, you know, everybody said they want to be surprised. So, so I, I haven't, 
kind of shown everybody what's going to be in the box, but I will give you a major hint and just say that because it's a romance happy hour book box and um, Dawn and I do romance happy hour, that <laughs> you might be looking for something from um, me and something from Dawn. Yes. And, and I wanted to say, Karen, thank you for the, liking my mistletoe. <laughs> I bought this earlier today because I saw it and I want, I really wanted Fabio to kiss me today. So I put it on so that he would, yeah, no. So Erica, you missed it, but we had our, our big live holiday party last week and Don brought a surprise guest. Mm -hmm. Fabio. Kind of a creepy rendition <laughs> of Fabio. I mean, if I, if I must, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Don. He his lips didn't move. You guys made like a I know. mask or something. It no, was so very it creative. It was it wasn't paper mache. What we did was um, it, it cosplay like stuff. And my daughter and I looked at a picture of Fabio, and we just kind of recreated it with this um, clay foam. It's called, and and it, it's used to make cosplay costumes. So we recreated his face. The dinosaur that I made was our um, trial. Like, how do you use this stuff? So um, yeah, we made him. And I I gotta say, like, yes, he looks super creepy. But if you were in person. <laughs> Like looking at him, it was pretty fun to see. But on on like the screen, yeah, he looked kind of creepy. But he's still my Fabio, and and I still love him. And he did great. Like I love my husband so much. He's amazing. But that's how I bringing a special guest. I don't think I that's what that wasn't what I was expecting. I know that's why I didn't mm -hmm. tell you because you. I know Fabio. Like really, what are you doing? <laughs> You'd know. <laughs> So Erica, we want to hear from you. Tell us yes. a little bit about yourself and what you write. And we've already had some um, some viewers are commenting on the gorgeous flower in your hair that we talked about as soon as we saw you in the backstage area. We're like, where are you? <laughs> well, I'm Erica Ridley. I live on a macadamia farm in the rainforests of Costa Rica. I write uh, primarily historical romance, although I also write a little bit of contemporary paranormal romance. Generally speaking, most of my romances are romantic comedies. So there's a lot of shenanigans and banter and, and fun hijinks going on no matter what time period or location it's set in. Nice. Excellent. And you said you live in a rainforest and we already lost you once before we went live for, for your connection. So um, if, if Erica fades out tonight, we'll, we'll work around it, but um, we're, we're hoping that you're able to stick with us and, and yeah. let everybody have a chance to hear what you have to share with us tonight. Now, do you mind telling the viewers where you live? Uh, where in Costa Rica? I or live in Guanacaste. Uh, so I live by Lake Arenal, which is the biggest lake in Costa Rica, in between two volcanoes. So Volcano Arenal and Volcano Tenorio. So from okay. where I live, I can see all those things. Nice. So I heard, and this was this was the scuttlebutt, okay? Um, I, I told you earlier, telling the readers now, uh, that um, I was in the military and I came into Costa Rica. I got to do a port call there. Um, the thing was, on the way there, the scuttlebutt, was that you could get a monkey so for super cheap and just own a monkey for like a week or you know the couple days that were in there 
and then and then like leave and just like sell the monkey or just give it away or just let it free um but when we got there there were no monkeys so do monkeys migrate <laughs> okay so a couple different things first yes monkeys absolutely migrate so depending <laughs> on the season i will either have howler monkeys outside my window or not so they they come and they go but actually costa rica has very strict laws against owning wild animals oh. illegal illegal to own a wild animal or to keep any kind of animal in a cage. So like you can't have a zoo, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think that was some gossip. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> scuttlebutt, for sure. <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh my God, Juan is now talking about monkeys. Where are we going? Where are we going next? <laughs> It was tame. I just wanted to say I owned a monkey, right? And they were all saying, yeah, yeah, you can go buy a monkey from this like peddlers off the street and then own a monkey for a couple of days and just like give it back away. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to own a monkey for a day and then get underway and leave and not have a monkey anymore. But yeah, it didn't work out. There were no, no monkeys. I'm glad you all. didn't find a monkey, Dawn. I'm really glad you didn't find a monkey. <laughs> Why? Oh, that sounds mean. But I, you know what, I did get um, to, I did get to ride horses in the rainforest and that was amazing. We went to a little farm and there was this amazing like young man who just, he like clicked his, he trained his horses like amazing, clicked his tongue. They like lay down on the ground, clicked it a little bit more and he stood over the top of them and they would just stand up with him on top and yeah, it's amazing. And then we had some authentic Costa Rican meals and they, we went for a hike to a waterfall and oh yeah it was a great time awesome I'm so glad you had fun yeah it's amazing probably I mean I'm curious about where you live though I'm gonna have to go look that up because that sounds way cool that is very cool and we have lots of that stuff near us too some of my favorite waterfalls are pretty close by you can go have a picnic go swimming do whatever yeah. and um, there's just wildlife wherever. You don't really have to own any because they're just always out. <laughs> yeah. Walk down the street. One time we were walking down the street and there's this tree branch that's, I don't know, two feet over my head and there's a sloth in it. So, oh, like, or if you're in a traffic jam, sloth. it could be for that reason. Sometimes there's a sloth crossing the road just that's funny. really slowly. Yeah. So, <laughs> traffic will be snarled for miles. But um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, and some of those monkeys can be quite mean, can't they? <laughs> Not really mean. Not I've, I've never experienced that. Um, they, they usually don't come close. Uh, yeah. Maybe in like a really touristy area, like some kind of yeah. all-inclusive resort or something, it might be a little different because they're more used to people there. But mm -hmm. in general, I mean, they'll they'll be in the trees just in front of my house and you can see them and, and hear them, but they're not going to come in or anything and I mean, throw so things at me. Uh, yeah, they, they don't like come to yeah. steal your fruit or anything <laughs> off your table no. and run out. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I have had that happen to me elsewhere, but not in Costa Rica. <laughs> well, someday if we're ever able to leave the country again, um, maybe we'll get get down that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm in Minnesota and Donna's in Virginia, so Costa Rica yeah. is sounding really good right about now. Uh huh. Yeah, okay, we've already got some questions going. We'll leave it to yep. Karen. The questions going already. She likes yeah. to get in here and and drop the questions and hop out. <laughs> yeah, not hop out out, but like just get in there and put the questions in. So fun. Well, I think um, we're gonna have Erica read first. Yeah. So, what did you bring for us tonight? You've got a, a new release or an upcoming release. Yeah. 
so I'm going to be reading from Forever Your Duke, which is releasing next week. This is the final book in the 12 Dukes of Christmas series, but they are all standalone romances and can be read in any order. In this particular case, um, just to give you a little setup, spinster Miss Cynthia Louise Finch is at the Duke of Nottingville's Christmas house party in order to matchmake her little cousin Gertie to the Duke. Okay. All right, we are gonna I'm leave gonna you to it and we will be back when you're done. Okay. I'm going to drink all of the wassail, Gertie warned. They'll have to refill the bowl five times because I'm going to drink until I warble carols like an opera singer on opening night. At least Notting Vale would notice you, Cynthia arched a brow. If you're waiting for me to talk you out of a hilariously mutton-headed idea, you're speaking to the wrong cousin. I could come up with a lively dance to accompany your rousing choruses. Then he'd notice you, Gertie muttered. Her eyes widened. Can you pretend to be me? Maybe we can change places at the altar if I wear a heavy enough veil. Goose flesh danced along Cynthia's arms at the remembrance of the brief moment the night before when the Duke of Nottingvale had seemed to notice her. She still wasn't certain what to make of it or how to forget it. No changing places at the altar, she said firmly. I won't have you frightened of him on your wedding day. What will the guests think of you gasping into a burlap bag beneath your pretty veil? I won't know, Gertie said. I won't be able to see because my face will be buried inside a burlap bag. Can we take it caroling with us? Your dog comes, your bag stays. Cynthia hauled her cousin to the doorway. Come on, Max, Gertie coat. Here, boy. The little brown puppy crawled out from under the bed and leapt into Gertie's arms. Cynthia tapped her heavy reticule to ensure Max's coiled leash was inside, then steered her cousin down the corridor toward the sounds of laughter and revelry. Caroling, the Duke of Nottingvale was saying, followed by additional refreshments and dancing when we return. A cheer rose up all around him. Despite the crowded parlor, Cynthia could make Nottingvale out perfectly. She was tall and he was tall, which meant their startled eyes could meet over the tops of the heads of most of the guests. She tried to glance away, but could not. His warm brown eyes sent a glow of heat over her skin, as though she'd wandered too near the fireplace. The handsome Duke hadn't had a moment to himself since the morning began, which somehow made him all the more attractive. His rumpled brown hair looked soft, his jawline rough, both begging to be touched. The hint of shadow instead of his usual close-shaved perfection made him seem approachable, more real, less regal. He would be horrified if he knew. What is he looking at? came a whisper from behind. Get up there, hissed another woman. Fall into step with him while he's distracted and don't leave his side until he's forced to ask you to tonight's first dance. But, but the dancing isn't for hours, Mama, came a panicked whisper that reminded Cynthia of Gertie. What am I supposed to talk about? Dukes don't want wives who talk, snapped the mother. Sing the carols and look pretty. You don't want to end up a 30-year-old spinster with no prospects, do you? Cynthia blinked. A 
30-year-old spinster with no prospects. That was oddly specific. Your Hortense is nothing like Miss Finch, scolded another mother. Our daughters are well-behaved and pretty. Gertie stiffened and slowly lifted Max away from her bodice. Do not throw your puppy in his face, Cynthia whispered, even if she deserves it. Gertie's eyes flashed. They talk about you like you're a, a cautionary tale. I prefer folk legend. You recall this past February when the River Thames froze over and I helped an elephant to cross the ice? Jolly good fun, Cynthia wiggled her eyebrows. Proper matrons dream of amusing themselves half as well as 30-year-old spinster with no prospects. I enjoy being me. Love was an illusion. None of the young ladies in this room wanted to marry Nottingvale because they liked him. They wanted his money, his title, his status, his security. Those were the cards on the table. In turn, he won a pretty bauble. A malleable, impressionable, unobjectionable young lady, capable of being molded into the finest duchess England had ever seen. Huzzah! A winning hand for all. Unless you wanted more. Follow me, please. You should have let me bring my breathing sack, Gertie hissed, but she inched forward to blend with the debutantes. By the fifth house, it was clear that every resident in Cressmith had prepared vats of wassail to ladle out to carolers. Cynthia began to worry her little cousin might make good on her threat to warble drunkenly into the night. She tried to edge forward, but it was no use. Cynthia was stuck at the back of the crowd. Even her unusual height didn't help her with all of the top hats and feathered bonnets blocking the view. You're not singing, came a low voice on her left side. She rose on her toes. I'm waiting for a spinster goes a wenching. A beat of silence. Isn't it a soldier goes a wenching? I change the words and the rules. What better buffet can there be for a self-respecting unwed wench than an entire squadron full of fit, handsomely uniformed? Cynthia's heels came back to earth as she swung her gaze to her side in dawning suspicion. No, it couldn't be. Of course it was. The Duke of Nottingvale smiled. You were saying? <clears throat> Dukes are fine too, she offered. If one runs out of soldiers? Flattering, he murmured. For the soldiers. The crowd began to move again. Cynthia hung back and watched until she glimpsed Gertie up ahead with a remarkably sober gait and no sign of impending soprano solo. Nottingvale hung back with her. Why aren't you at the front? Cynthia demanded. There was that quick, crooked smile again. Have you heard my singing voice? Fair point. His grin widened. I rest my case. It's not the worst singing voice, she hedged. He hummed the first few bars of A Soldier Goes A-Wenching. She clapped her mittens to the sides of her head. My, my ears, should they be in this much pain? His dark eyes were curious. You have a strange way of flirting. I'm not flirting with you, she said, aghast. I'm a, I, I'm a chaperone. I want you to marry my cousin. 
the tremendously respectable Lady Gertrude. Whilst you go wenching amongst the soldiers? Yes, exactly. He chuckled. What was happening? None of this was right. They were yards behind the rest of the group, who appeared to be singing merrily about wenseless rather than wenching. The Duke's eyes were on her, not his guests. I didn't send you an invitation until my sister forced my hand. Yes, Cynthia said. How thoughtful of you to point out my lack of welcome. The oversight was foolish of me. His lips twisted in self-deprecation. You should write a ditty about that. I've written plenty of inappropriate ditties about you, she assured him and immediately wished she hadn't. He was too close. A few tendrils of wavy brown hair curled out from under his top hat. The faint stubble along his chiseled jaw was right there. The sharp folds of his cravat pointing straight up at it as if daring her to brush her thumb against his rough skin and feel his warmth for herself. Cynthia kept her thumbs tucked safely inside her mittens. A gust of cold air whipped through the evergreens. She turned her face toward it, allowing the wind to flutter her bonnet as a distraction. Here, he said, let me help. No, she whispered, or would have whispered if she had any power to make words at all. The sound that escaped her throat sounded more like the whimper of a kitten. He loosened the ribbon about her chin and set about retying it, his face an adorable mask of concentration as his knuckles grazed her cheek and neck. He wasn't really touching her. He was wearing gloves. Touching did not count unless it was skin to skin, like say kissing, which she was not fantasizing breathlessly about at all. There, he said. How is your dog doing? Dog? Cynthia didn't have a... Max, she gasped. The puppy yipped and darted forward, pulling on the leash. I have to go, she said. I'm busy... Caroling, he supplied, with the rest of us? Yes, very busy. You should marry my cousin. Come along, Max. Gertie needs us. That's Forever Your Duke, releasing next week. <laughs> My gosh, that last part I was like, LOLing totally. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. my cousin. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it is my oh. kind of gal. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. So you write very cheeky uh, historical heroines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. I love it. That's my favorite kind. Well, we have an amazing amount of questions. I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> If we'll be able, I, we're not going to be able to get to them all. I'm going to say that now. Well, we'll have to do um, like author speed round and yeah. just fire them off. Yeah, there have been questions coming in nonstop. And I only got to um, minute 22 here. So let's see. <laughs> We've got, oh gosh, one, um, two, two more, and then 923s. Okay. All right. Let's try this. <laughs> You want to try to get through a few of them now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got to go back to the beginning. <laughs> I love that Jennifer is giving Karen a run for her money. I'm just saying, like, I'm just laughing over here, watching the questions pop in. You guys are awesome. All right. 9-11 Karen. 
Okay. What book is currently on your bedside table? We're gonna put her three here in the one. She, you put three in one, Karen. So I'm, I'm adding them all together. <laughs> what book is currently on your bedside table? What's the trickiest thing about writing characters of the opposite gender? Those two. Okay. Um, so I actually just finished a book, so I'm counting it because I haven't started a new one yet. It's called The Midnight Lie, and I really loved it. Uh, I saw it in BookBub. I don't know if you get BookBub, um, but it was pitched as a kind of sapphic take on Six of Crows. If you read Six of Crows, I loved that book as well. Amazing. So this is kind of a, an epic fantasy with magic and adventure and really lyrical writing, some of the prettiest writing that I've read this year, I would say. So that's A Midnight Lie, it was great. Um, and what is the hardest thing about writing the opposite gender? Um, I I don't know that it that it is hard now. I mean, I'm, I'm 42 books into this and so I don't really stress over it too much. Um, I, I don't, I feel like that's a cop out answer, but uh, there are many things I stress about but that is not one of them. <laughs> um, well, I'll ask you then, I'll, I'll change it around a little bit. What's what's harder, do you write alphas or betas? Or what was the other one, Dylan? What's oh, that third one? Some, yeah, some people consider the, is it the gamma that's supposed to be a, a no. mix of alpha? He's alpha when he yeah, needs gamma and beta behind the scenes kind of thing. So kind of a cinnamon roll hero. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So probably mostly those. Um, I would say mostly those. All my heroes are strong, but they're not cruel. Mm -hmm. They they do think about other people. They're they're not like one sided and and selfish. They're not like your standard alpha. I will do everything to get my goals. And I don't care who I crumple over. Not like that. But they're also not. They're not uh, pushovers either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so probably team cinnamon roll. That's <laughs> cinnamon roll. I love that. My, my, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. You're okay, losing. Dylan. Yes. I got to fix my mistletoe while you go. Oh, so I have to answer the questions tonight yeah. too. Since yeah. I'm, I'm being the, a guest author kind of. Um, okay. The book on my bedside table. I don't think I have a current book on my bedside table, but I've had my Kindle and um, I've been reading. So I know I'm, I'm really, really, really late to the party when it comes to JR, JR Word and the um, Black Dagger Brotherhood series, <laughs> like like years late to the party. Um, but I'm working my way through those right now. And so I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with, you know, the, I'm, I'm reading those. Nice. And, and we all know you, you write betas. You know, my guys can tough it up when they need to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you really do write betas, though. I think it's more of a cinnamon roll. Yeah, I like the cinnamon rolls. So I, I don't like the you know like alpha all the time. I mean, in a book, yes, but I don't know if I could live with alpha all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a fan of cinnamon rolls too. Yeah. See, I just I I think I better also just they do. I mean, yes, that's true. I write. I think I write. I write alphas but i write alphas with heart i don't mm -hmm. even know if that would count as a cinnamon roll but kind of you're, my you're alphas are rolls that lean more alpha yeah because i tried to write two betas and my agents hated them both so 
go. I can't write betas. All right. So what advice would you guys give to a new writer, someone just starting out? I'll let you go first, Erica. <laughs> That's very mean of you. Just just starting out, I would say the number one thing is hone your craft. So before you start worrying about where you're going to publish a book, how you're going to publish a book, how you're going to get people to buy it, Step one is write a great book. And I, I really can't overstate that. The better the book is, the much easier all the other steps will be. Mm -hmm. So whether that means go to the library, whether that means workshops, whether that means join a writing organization, I, educate yourself as much as you can and it will put you in the best position for tackling all the other steps. Dylan? I would say finish the first book because I think when you're just starting out, you know, you get to some of those hard parts where, okay, it's super fun and exciting when you're introducing the hero and the heroine and then they get together. And then this like long section in the middle starts to happen where you have to get them through, you know, all of act two and then into the end. And so I think a lot of writers get into the first like third of the book and then they get stuck or then they decide that, you know, the, the words aren't really coming and they turn their attention to something else. And so I think a lot of people have um, multiple projects that are maybe like a third of the way finished. So I would say you have to finish a book. Like, like if you're just starting out, you, you can't um, publish or sell or anything, uh, a partially written book. So don't be afraid to just in, I mean, your, your art and your craft will refine as you go and you learn more and you get better at things. So I think that was um, one of my things is I just wanted to make sure it was all right, you know, so don't worry about getting it all, you know, right. Just get it done because mm -hmm. wasn't it Nora Roberts? I don't know who gets like the original credit for this, but you know, you can't edit a blank page. I've heard it attributed to Nora Roberts. I don't know if she was the original person to say that, but nice. it's true. And if you if you get uh, you know where I'm going with this, Dylan. If you get writer's block in the middle, all you got to do is insert a beaver, and oh then yes, I know. Poor Erica, <laughs> she's getting all our jokes. <laughs> About this, Don, we we have to replay the beaver story. I know. Oh, I love it. All yeah. right, super fast. Right. Don stuck on a book, oh. and she said, "I don't know what to do." And so I said, "Insert a beaver." And so you did, and and you had a beaver in the river and chewing on a and log because it was American historical, and it worked. And so now it's kind it of worked. our running. It's our running joke, and I do it every time I get brain or I get writer's mm -hmm. block, and it works for some reason. I don't know why. That's why I love it so much. All right. So, what advice would you give someone who wants? Oh wait, didn't we just do that? Oh, okay. mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> who inspired? It was on there twice. Who inspired you to become a writer? Erica, you first. Um, I actually can't remember a time when I didn't want to write. I was writing when I was very, very small, and always wanted to be a writer. Um, my Grandmother was a librarian and so she encouraged me and my mother was a, a grade school teacher. And so I would always go with her every year when she took the kids to the Young Authors Conference, which was part of their curriculum. It was a different school than the one I went to. And uh, I, I just always wanted to. Of course, I didn't jump right into that. I, I had to get a real job first and <laughs> eventually be a writer, but. Nice. Dylan? Yeah, and I would say there's not really 
any one particular person, I guess, that inspired me. I, I had this question earlier today because I was doing a takeover in a group and um, somebody asked what inspired me to be a writer. I think like you, Erica, I always wanted to. I mean, I just always had fun making up stories and um, and loved that. But um, I think for romance, I think it was when I started reading um I read like some Alice Clayton and Jennifer Cruzy, and I just loved the combination of laughter and romance and the happy endings. Cause you know, I've been, and I've been a member of a book club for a long, 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 long time. And we mostly read a lot of literary fiction and a lot of those books, I mean, you know, I love them and I, I love the stories and everything, but, but when I would finish them, I would just have this kind of like empty <laughs> feeling, you know, because like everybody dies or, you know, a lot of them end kind of dark. And so, you know, when I started reading romance, it's like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, then you can close the book and you just feel everything is resolved and there aren't a lot of open-ended questions and you have that just feeling of happiness. And, and so I was like, I found my jam. There you go. All right. And do you, can you hear me? Do you have any pets? I don't know if my phone went off. Do you have any pets? So um, since we live on a farm, we don't directly have pets that live inside, but we have tons of animals. We have a farm cat, a farm dog, lots of horses, lots of parrots, the migrating monkeys. So we have <laughs> cows, we have everything. Awesome. So you have parrots? Are they, because um, it's funny, the scene that I'm reading from tonight, there's a parrot in my book. So, oh. Yeah. So are they wild parrots? parrots? Or you they have are wild parrots. Okay. Got it. They just they come at dawn and dusk, and there will literally be hundreds of them in the tree. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you to take a picture of the monkeys and the parrots and then post them on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page if yes, you, you know. Think about it because we'd love to see your monkeys and parrots. All right, Dylan, do you have we for the newbies? Let's tell us about oh, your pets. pets. So we we have um, our pets outnumber our children here. We have two dogs and two cats. We've got a Great Dane that is just the most psychotic, um, crazy, high energy Great Dane. She's four and a half now, and I've had Great Danes before, and they're not supposed to be this rambunctious at this age. I mean, she's nuts, so she's constantly getting into trouble. And then we have a, a rescue pup and two cats. And I remember the very first time I, I met Dylan in person, other than just being online pen pals, um, she showed me this picture on her phone. She's like, my dog just ate my couch literally ate my couch <laughs> the baby gate she ate baby gate that like protected like kept her in the kitchen on the hardwood floor after we you know first got her and um she ate through the wooden baby gate and then had like stuck okay. her head through the gate she's not yeah all right next mm -hmm. one what do you need in your writing space to help you stay focused um so is it me first? I didn't mean yeah. to talk over yeah. you. Yeah, we'll no, keep, you're we'll going in that order. <laughs> okay. So my like perfect trifecta, I like it to either be quiet or white noise. Um, so like a coffee shop would count, but meh, so we'll have quiet for now. And then I use a Pomodoro app. So that gives me like 25 minutes of concentrated focus followed by a little break. And I turn off the internet. So I need a negative thing. I need the internet to not exist. So 
so that I can concentrate. Mm -hmm. you, Dylan? Like if I did that. Um, I don't need much. I need my laptop. And I mean, I have three kids and four animals and a husband who's been working from home since March. And so I, I mean, I just have to focus. So if it gets too loud, I'll put my headphones on and I'll listen to music and it's a little distracting at first, but then I, cause I, I make a playlist for every book. And so oftentimes I'll just start listening to my playlist for that book and then just keep going. So what is your daily writing routine? So for me, I am a morning person. So I like to get up and do my writing in the morning and then in the afternoon do more like administrative tasks. Um, and so when I'm actively writing a book, I try to write uh, a scene or a chapter every day. So however long that takes, if it's going really well, maybe it's only a couple hours, if it's not going well, it could be all day. But uh, I get the words in before I do anything else. It's always the priority. Mm -hmm. What about you, Dylan? My writing routine, I would say, I mean, it used to be a, a little more regimented. Now with having everybody home, um, I get interrupted oftentimes for uh, how to multiply fractions. And I mean, I'm relearning all of the... Uh, <laughs> all the sixth grade math that <laughs> that I'd forgotten over the years. Um, I don't remember how to divide fractions now. So we're on fractions right now. So yeah, I get interrupted multiple times during the day. Um, but I, like you, I like to do my, my writing of fresh words in the morning um, because by the time, you know, I know a lot of writers are night owls and they'll stay up till like one, two in the morning. Um, I'm just so much more efficient in the morning when my brain is fresh. So I try to do my new, my new words in the morning. Yeah. I need that coffee with my mm -hmm. words. <laughs> yes. That's one right. thing. I do need coffee in order to get my writing done. And, and I also need to be at home because let, unlike a lot of other people, um, if I'm around people, I want to chat. I, I don't want to do my work. So I've tried to do, you know, like write-ins and things like that with other people. And those don't work for me. I, I need to be banished alone. Yeah. I can't talk to people. She talks a lot. No. <laughs> I like to chat. She does. No, you're great. Uh, I can't either. I can't go to coffee shops because I watch people. Mm -hmm. Like I, I get distracted like, like watching them and analyzing them and why they're doing that. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, a couple people that I saw at the gym haven't ended up in any of my books. But, I mean – like, you know, like the gold chain wearing, like, I, I, I don't want to say douchebag. No, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't I say that. I whispered it. Doesn't count. It's does eloquent it? and evocative, I think. <laughs> All right, let's do one more before we hear from Dylan. How Come hard on. is it? I know Dylan's like, you're going to kill our ratings. So how hard is it to pick like the grown-up on these calls, Dawn? And it's not fair. I just, I always feel like the grown-up. I'm a sailor. I have a sailor mouse. How hard anymore. is it to pick a title? I, you know what? Once a sailor, always a sailor. All right. I'm married to a sailor. Does that count? No. I, We've I never seen him. So we don't you. How hard is it to pick a title? I, I I showed you Fabio. Spit it out. Spit it out. Come on. He How exists. Hard is it to pick a title for your book, Erica. 
<laughs> or cover for your book, yeah. Oh, or cover. Okay, I missed it. This headband is giving me a headache. All right. So titles are usually, but not always, pretty easy. They're pretty straightforward. I, I try to make the title be something that conveys, um, hopefully, genre and or a, a trope, something that explains the hook of whatever the book is going to be. So, like my first. Uh, new release of next year in February is The Duke Heist. So you know Duke, it means Regency England, and Heist, she's uh, an art thief, but she's going to get him. So, you know, it's shenanigans. And uh, usually it's pretty straightforward like that, but occasionally the book that came after that was trickier. And I went back and forth with my editor several times trying to come up with a, a title we could both agree on. So it, it just kind of depends. Um, for the cover, it definitely depends if it's something I'm doing with with a traditional publishing house, in which case I don't have a lot of control over the cover. Um, they, they do run things by me and they'll show me, you know, like the photo shoot or, you know, the, the work in progress, but it's not, I don't get to direct it in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, if it's something that I am publishing independently, then I have a lot more control. But then again, if I'm working with a designer that I have a lot of confidence in, I will usually give a general direction and kind of let them run with it. Because if I have learned anything, it is that you can micromanage something to death. And so I will, I will step back um, and let their, their vision come out. And I would say, right. I mean, similar. Sometimes the titles come super fast, um, super easy. Other times, yeah. I mean, other times it can be like down to the wire and it's time to get that book out. And there's still not a title for it. So I think it just depends. All right. You made a list. Oh my of, gosh, I, I, I got the book written. I'm doing revisions and my I made a list. My agent is still like, let's rethink this. Let's keep thinking this. And even she can't figure it out. So we're 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 going with what we got and we're gonna figure it out as we go. But all right, Dylan, we would I can't wait to hear from your book. I have not I'm full disclosure. I think that Dylan has stopped letting me read her books ahead of time so that I don't give anything away because I have not heard or read this book and I'm super excited about it. Dawn has a don't tendency me. to spill my secrets. And so, I do. yeah, I imagine that. Um, but I so can no, give other people's secrets. Like I know, just not mine. So I don't know what the problem is, Dawn. Okay, um, I'm going to read from... I'll see. I don't even have a copy of this book yet. Um, Her Kind of Cowboy. And this comes out January 12th. So hopefully you can see that. It's the second book in the Tying the Knot in Texas series. And um, I guess I'm in charge, right? So I need to pull you guys. Yeah. I hate being on here by myself, though, but I won't make you sit here while I read. So, okay, here we go. Um, so this book, I'm going to have to read from my Word document because it's, um, whoa, in there, it just switched for me. For me. Um because I don't, like I said, I don't even have a hard copy of this book yet. So I'm going to start, um, I think this is maybe like a third of the way into the book. Um, and if you are familiar with book one, that was the story of um, Bodie and Lacey. And so the heroine in book two is Lacey's best friend, Zena. She's the one who runs the Pitbull Rescue. And her hero, his name is Alex, and he is in town because, I mean, I don't want to give away the whole entire setup, but basically there's a, 
an oil baron whose daughter wants to have a winter wonderland wedding in Texas. And so he's been hired to manage a group of penguins who are going to come. I know it's kind of crazy, but trust me, it just, it works. So, um, so in this scene, Alex has come home and he's helping his sister with, or she or her husband is deployed. And so he's helping his sister with her four girls. So his four nieces and his grandpa who got kicked out of the nursing home that he was living in. And so in this scene, Alex is taken, he burns the mac and cheese. And so he's taking the four girls and gramps out for dinner while his sister's at work. And um, so this is happening at the restaurant and this is right after he accidentally left the little one at home because she ran back in the house to put on her tiara or something like that. So, all right, that was a really long setup, but I, I don't want you to feel like you're missing anything because I'm not starting at chapter one. So, all right, here we go. 10 minutes later, he and Dolly joined the rest of the family in a giant corner booth. He wanted a beer, a few huge frothy mug that would ease the tension bunching his shoulders and help him forget how he'd almost lost his niece. But he glanced around the table at his nieces and ordered a sweet tea instead. While he waited for the waitress to bring them their drinks, his gaze swept around the room. Not much had changed since he sat in the same booth with his Gramps and Nana all those years ago. He wondered if Gramps remembered. It seemed like the man had turned in on himself when his wife died, lost his will to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Maybe Alex could help him get a little spark of the fire he used to have burning inside him rekindled. For Char's sake, Char's his sister, um, and the sake of the gaggle of girls that surrounded him in the cracked final booth. As he tried to come up with a way to cheer up Gramps, a deep throaty laugh captured his attention. Someone at the bar was having a good chuckle over something. They probably hadn't burned mac and cheese and abandoned a four-year-old earlier in the evening. As his gaze stopped on the pair at the bar, his breath caught. Granted, there weren't too many places in town to grab a bite to eat, but what the heck was Zena doing here tonight? Excuse me for a minute? Alex scooted out of the booth, leaving Gramps alone with the girls. He could keep an eye on them for a quick minute from across the restaurant. None of them even looked up. Jordan was on the darn phone. Izzy had covered her paper menu with a kaleidoscope of drawings. Frankie dug through the bag that seemed to be glued at her hip, and Dolly had lined up the sugar packets and was waving her wand over them like she was casting a spell. Gramps cupped his mug of coffee between his hands and stared across the room. They'd be okay for the couple of minutes it would take him to see what Zena was up to. As he approached, he couldn't help but notice the guy sitting to Zena's right. Was she on a date? He almost turned back, but as she leaned over to grab her purse, she saw him. Hey, what brings you into town tonight? She straightened and set her purse on her lap. Dinner with the family, he gestured over his shoulder. Looks like you brought the whole crew. Zena glanced toward the table. Yep, my plus five. She tapped the shoulder of the guy next to her. Zeb, you remember Alex Sanders, don't you? Zeb turned around, a slightly older looking version of the football star Alex remembered from high school. Hey, man. Alex clapped him on the back and Zeb shuddered. Zena put a hand on her brother's arm. It's okay. Shoot, Alex heard Zeb came back with PTSD. I'm sorry, I didn't think. He startles easily, Zena explained. I'm fine. Zeb shook her off and thrust a hand out to Alex. How have you been? Alex took it. Great, it's, it's really good to see you again. You too, is that your family over there, Zeb asked. Alex released his grip and nudged his chin toward where he left Gramps and the girls. Yeah, my nieces and my grandfather, they don't get out much. Zena laughed. That explains it. What? Why the little one is mainlining sugar. Alex looked over in time to see Dolly sneeze, wipe her nose on her sleeve, and empty several sugar packets into her mouth. He did a double take as his heart seemed to gallop through his chest. Oh no, I'd better get back. Just saw you over here and thought I'd say hi. Hi. Zena wiggled her fingers at him. See you around. 
He left Zena and her brother at the bar and took quick strides back to the table. Dolly, you can't eat that. She stuck out her lower lip as he swiped the packets from her hand and moved the ceramic container away from reach, from her reach. She only likes to eat stuff that sparkles, Jordan said without looking up from her phone. Give me that. Alex snagged the phone from her hands. She looked up, her eyes wide. He'd lasted almost exactly 72 hours before he lost his temper. The entire experience just reinforced the decision he'd made long ago. He wasn't cut out for the family life. He did best when the only person he had to think about or be responsible for was himself. Jordan crossed her arms over her chest and clamped down hard. Dolly licked her finger in an attempt to pick up as many sugar granules from the table as she could. Alex sucked in a breath and tried to come up with something to say. Frankie beat him to it. Uncle Alex, Shiner wants a snack. Shiner? He racked his brain, trying to remember who the heck Shiner was. A loud squawk came from the bag at Frankie's side. The bird shook his head as he emerged and climbed up Frankie's arm. What the heck? Alex started. He didn't really say heck there, but, you know, I'm keeping it PG-13. What the heck? What the heck? The bird mimicked. Conversation around them ground to a halt. Even the waitress stopped in her tracks as Shiner Bach climbed onto the table. Can you have a salad? Frankie asked, unaware of the inappropriateness of bringing their pet bird out for a burger. Before Alex had a chance to react, Shiner Bach bent down to take a drink out of Frankie's shake. The glass toppled, sending mint chocolate chipped liquid all over the drawing Izzy had been working on. Shiner Bach, you ruined my picture. Izzy tossed a purple crayon at the bird who flapped his wings and strutted across the table. Gramps, a little help here? Alex muttered under his breath. He pulled a handful of napkins out of the dispenser in an attempt to sop up some of the shake currently dripping off the edge of the table. Besides Izzy's cries, the restaurant was quiet. Too darn quiet. Let me help. Zena appeared on his right with a towel she must have snagged from behind the bar. Jordan, can you grab the bird? Alex asked. No way. He bites. He just doesn't like you because you tease him. Izzy flung a packet of sugar at her sister. Dolly screeched. You're taking my sparkles. I'm so sorry. Alex turned to Zena, who'd wiped up the sticky mint green liquid and now held Izzy's drawing in her hand. It's okay. Why don't you get the bird out of here before the health department gets word of this? She nudged her chin toward where Shinerbach had managed to make it to the booth behind them and stood nibbling at a French fry on a woman's plate. Frankie, grab the bird, Alex said. I can't get out. She slapped her palms on the table where she sat sandwiched between her sisters. Alex leaned over, put his hands under her arms, then lifted her up and over the table. Get him quick, okay? She nodded as she reached for the bird. Shinerbach was faster, though. He flapped his wings and awkwardly sailed from the, table to where, from the table to where Zeb sat at the bar. Zeb backed away, knocking into the man behind him who managed to spill an entire pitcher of beer. The bartender wavered between making a grab for the bird and trying to stop the liquid from racing down the bar. The beer won. Alex's hands clenched into fists. What, did he got, what had he gotten himself into? Zena handed him Izzy's drawing that still had shake dripping from the bottom. Then she snagged another towel from the edge of the bar. Shinerbach flapped his wings as he watched her approach, his beady eyes following her every move. As she reached for him, he hopped down the bar, racing past diners and those who were there to drink the stress of the day away. Zena almost had him, then his claw landed in Zeb's side of refried beans, and Shinerbach paused to lick the food off of his foot. Beans, beans, magic fruit, the bird squawked as he nibbled at his claw. Zena stopped and glanced over her shoulder at Alex. As her gaze met his, she let out a laugh. The icy dread sliding through his veins warmed up a few degrees. He rounded the line of booths, and with some silent hand gestures between them, they closed in on the unsuspecting bird. The patrons manning the bar stools scattered, leaving nothing between Alex and Shinerbach but a few feet of hardwood flooring. 
Alex clucked his tongue, trying to get the bird's attention as Zena crept up behind him, her towel at the ready. Here, birdie. Alex kept his voice calm and steady, even as Zena closed the last few feet between them. As the towel sailed over Shinerbach's head, Zena wrapped her hands around him, capturing him, him in her grip. The customers clapped, and the sound of silverware clinking on plates resumed. Alex breathed out a sigh of relief, grateful that the bird had been caught and major crisis averted. Frankie ran up to his side, the bag held out in front of her. I'm sorry, Uncle Alex. Shinerbach is scared of the dark and didn't want to stay in the bag. He squatted down in front of her. You can't bring animals into restaurants, honey. That's what mom says, but she's not here, so I thought maybe you would say it's okay. She put her hands to her cheeks. We'll talk about it when we get home. He took the bag from her and met Zena at the bar, where she cradled a quiet Shinerbach against her chest. Thanks for pitching in. Are you okay? Her gaze flickered over him. Yeah, I'm fine. He opened the bag and waited while she settled the bird inside. Just a minor setback, all's well. You sure? She narrowed her eyes like she didn't believe him. Why did it seem like people were always second-guessing him? A prickle of annoyance zipped along his spine. Yeah, why do you ask? Well, she glanced down to where Shinerbach adjusted his position in the bag. You're here to take care of penguins, but you don't seem to have much of a way with birds. He fought the urge to shoot her a certain kind of bird. But heck, she was right. I guarantee you I'm better at handling wildlife than the domesticated kind. Zena grinned as she nudged her chin toward the table where his nieces squabbled. For your sake, I hope so. Okay, I'm done. That is so cute. So I don't I'm, know if your parents do that, Erica. Probably not. <laughs> that's so funny. Dylan, that's awesome. I love your writing so much. You're hilarious, especially with your animals. You know, there's a lot of real life inspiration around here. You have a bird? <laughs> um, we, I had a bird growing up. I actually, um, what to, so we were at a, a flea market. So I grew up in Texas and there used to be this place um, that we would go sometimes on the weekends and you could set up a booth there and everything and like sell stuff or there were lots of people you could buy stuff. And uh, my mom had a booth out there one time and she was trying to sell an exercise bike. And so I traded this guy for, um, I think it was a cockatiel. I traded in my, my mom's exercise bike for a cockatiel. And this one was <laughs> wild. I mean, like nobody <laughs> ever handled him or anything. And, yeah. and he hated me and he, he lived in my bedroom. And every time, I, I mean, I was terrified of him because every time I would, you know, go to like swap out the water or anything, I mean, he would, you know, like freak out and um his name was bruce because i was way into bruce springsteen back then. <laughs> bruce ended up, he ended up living with um the the guy the maintenance guy at our high school um he ended up taking bruce because he had a, a better way of handling him he wasn't terrified i <laughs> said so maybe i was thinking maybe it's a cockatiel thing because we had one too and he was impossible i don't, I don't know i don't remember his name though I'm sorry. Growing up, we had finches. We had parakeets. I mean, we had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We had horny toads. <gasps> horny toads. Well, they're horn toads. Um, well, they're. But yeah. We called them horny toads because we so didn't did back then. But yeah, we had we, a lot of animals. We had those in Nevada too. You grew up in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do a couple more questions, and then we need to oh make gosh, an announcement. So yes. Okay. Have you ever missed a deadline for your books? I have never missed a hard deadline. I I try really hard to be early, 
I have on occasion come down to like the last minute <laughs> when I'm sending something into its stuff, but um, I try and hit them off. Yeah, I would say I've never missed one. I, I did push one back at one point, but I've never just not, like not made it. So. And so we have two that's kind of the same question. Has the current situation in the world affected your writing at all? And have you written more or less since the virus stuff started? So for me, definitely less. In the beginning, it was awful. I think I had a couple months where I thought my head was just pandemic and everything else that was going on. Um, and then I had a patch of normalcy. And then in the past month, a ton of friends and family have gotten COVID. And so then that's definitely knocked me off my game. Mm -hmm. Dylan? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I guess a little bit of both. I, I think, you know, having everybody at home, all my kids have been doing distance learning. Um, we opted in for distance learning from the start. So, you know, not having to interrupt my day to take kids to and from and, um, you know, and, and we've had very limited sports activities and things like that. And so I guess just being home more has definitely given me more time at home. But yeah, like you, Erica, you know, it's also, I think emotionally it's harder. We, you know, we've had a, a couple of big things happen in our family this year that made it difficult to kind of stick with things. But so I would say a little bit of both, um, I think. And then, you know, I'm in Minneapolis. And so we, you know, over the summer, it was just a lot of disruption here with um, everything that happened with the, with the riots in Minneapolis. And, um, and so I think emotionally it's been kind of a hard year to kind of keep things going, but yeah. But yeah, I, I was telling somebody today, I don't know, I've seen this meme on Facebook everywhere, but you know, it's always like, Oh, I just always told people or always told myself that, you know, I didn't have a spotless house because I didn't have time and I was never home. And now I know that's not the reason. Now I know it's yeah. just, I don't like cleaning. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely would have been home, but yeah. Yeah. Harder to be productive. So do you have any other hobbies other than writing? Uh, yeah, I have tons of other hobbies. Um, I love, I love nature. I love to go out on hikes. I love traveling. Um, I like scrapbooking. Um, all sorts of basically any kind of creative thing or anything to do with exploring something and I am all in. Dylan? I would say um, I'm a knitter so I like to knit. I, I have been um, messing around a little bit with crochet. I've got I mean I don't know I haven't met a hobby that I don't enjoy so I think it's more but then I run out of time and so I feel like I collect supplies to do a bunch of hobbies that I don't <laughs> That I don't always do, but yeah, um, my family loves board games and we love puzzles. And so we've been doing a, a lot of movie nights and game nights and puzzles and stuff. So I like all that kind of stuff too. And I used to love to travel. We'll see how things happen as, you know, things open up again. But yeah, I love to travel too. I think we're going to do one more just because it's almost 10 yep. and then we got to do our announcement. So are you, uh, or when did you start writing? Oh, no, we lost, we lost her. her. We lost her. <laughs> she might be back. This happened before. She might be back. We'll see. In the meantime, you want to 
Is she back? She's back. She's back. Didn't unfreeze, and I figured it was me, so I reloaded. So when did you start writing? And then she's frozen again. Oh no! No, she's not. You there? I can okay. hear you. I saw blinking. She's. <laughs> when did you start writing? Um, I, when I was very young. I, I honestly I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing. So I don't know. Very young, five six. Dylan. So, I mean, I didn't really start writing seriously. I, I've kept a journal. I've written short stories. I've written poems. I've written just little, you know, snippets here and there. But um, I, I didn't really start writing, like, seriously with the intent to get published until about 2015. So up until then, I was just kind of messing around. And so it's been just the past, I guess, five years or so that I've really taken it seriously. Yes. Well, I have to admit, when I was six, I also was not taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I... Funny. Okay, Dylan, are you ready to do our announcements? I think so. Yeah. Right. You've got the big announcement for, I've well, the big announcement. to do um, giveaways for this week because Erica is giving away an awesome prize. She's giving away the first four books of one of her series in either audio or ebook. Um, is that right? Winner's choice. You get the pick. Winner's choice. So, um, so we've got that. And then I have a mystery prize pack. So whoever is my winner will have to do a big reveal on Romance Happy Hour when on the page when you get it. Because I've got a, a little mystery holiday prize up for grabs that I'm not telling anybody about. She didn't tell me, so you know it's serious. <laughs> she didn't want anybody to know. Secrets. You know what it is? It's because I just feel like, I mean, as a grown-up now, you know, Christmas used to hold like all of this magic and and you just wondered like, ooh, you know, waking up on Christmas morning. I mean, at least for me, I know not everybody celebrates Christmas, but it's like there's just so few surprises. So somebody's yeah. gonna be surprised. Okay. So now the uh, announcements for our pajama contest winners. So last, Erica, last week we had our thing. We had a pajama contest because we were doing a Zoom. Um, a lot of the readers had some really awesome pajamas. Um, so the best overall goes to Rachel Brock. Rachel, yay, congratulations. Email us with your contact information so we can get it to your author that's sending you your prize. The most festive went to Karen Hoffman. Karen, yay! Our Karen. And then the funniest, so we didn't actually have anybody vote on the funniest, so Dylan and I um, voted, and we, and we decided that Teresa... Tobin Hapner, and I hope I said that right, is the winner of our funniest um, con pajama contest. I love the reindeer. I thought it was super cute. But. I don't know that Teresa's was supposed to be super funny, but just the it way wasn't. that the hat was propped yeah. up, it looked um, <laughs> super cute and super funny. Very amazing. Yeah. So, so nice. congrats yeah. to the winners. Sorry. So send us a PM, um, send us a, a private message to Romance Happy Hour and we will yep. get you set up. And, oh shoot, Dawn, you know what? I didn't grab that piece of paper to say what they each want. Do you have it handy? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. I don't either. Oh. But um, you won some awesome prizes. I know it was right here. One like, was oh, from you. One was from you. Mine, um, yes, the romance happy hour beaver swag pack goes to best overall. And yeah. then um, I think Jamie Albright had a prize for one of them. And I, say, I can find out my phone. Shoot. See? I thought we were prepared, Dawn. Right I haven't here. been prepared since March. You know what? Let's do this. Let's post it on the page. Okay. Because, yeah, I don't have it super handy right here either. Even though it was seriously here all day. Oh, I found it. So, Teresa just posted. She said her daughter sent her a DM asking if she knew she had a sex toy on her head. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, Jamie was giving away a $10 Amazon gift card. Mm -hmm. And... No, I didn't write it down. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. And then um, Christina was giving away a copy of Do Me a audio. Favor. Yep, an audio. And then, yeah, and then the Romance Happy Hour Beaver Swag Pack. So Yes. So congratulations, yeah. and thank you all for joining us last week and this week. We mm -hmm. had so much fun with you. And those questions are so amazing. I don't know we didn't get to all of them. Save them for next time or, you know, we'll try to answer some as we go. But definitely come next month on the second Thursday of January and, yep. and uh, ask us those questions again. Second and fourth uh, Thursday of every month. And we should be back on a regular schedule. I know we were off in November and December because it fell on Thanksgiving and Christmas. So. Mm -hmm. But thank yeah. you. It's been another fun year. I, I don't think, I mean, when we started this a couple of years ago, Dawn, I, I don't think we would have imagined that we would still be enjoying hanging out with each other. I know. Years later. <laughs> All the razzing she does on me. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Oh. And don't forget, um, you have till Sunday night to enter this week's giveaway to win Erica's prize and the mystery prize from me. And yeah, just keep an eye on the page. We'll be announcing our guests for 2021 soon. So keep an eye out and yeah, please come back. We've had such a blast with you guys. Mm -hmm. And if you missed any of our episodes, don't forget, you can always go back and listen to the podcast or find us on YouTube or on the Romance Happy Hour uh, website. Yep. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Yep. All right. Have happy holidays, everybody. Merry Thank Christmas. You for joining us, Erica. Yeah. Really appreciate it. All the way from Costa Rica. I think that's <laughs> our so first way. I awesome. know. So far. Yep. Well, we had an Australian, right? With you. With you're you. going to have to make me think again. Yeah. Well, she was we'll on there. Jingle balls. Oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah, we did. We had Tracy from Australia. Yeah. Erica so is second. our. You're yes. second furthest away. Yes. Still. So. All right. Thanks, everybody. Oh, and special shout out. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I almost forgot to do this. Karen Hoffman has an event on Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. She was brave enough to write a, a short. This is a reader. This Ooh. is her first short that she's ever written. And they're going to be doing a live performance of it in the Booktastic Book Club on Sunday. Yay. Oh. 
I so love if you're looking that. for something fun to do and want to see Karen sweat, um, just kidding. <laughs> It'll be fun though to see Karen on the other side of the screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, this time. Cause yeah, it's I, I love the book it. and I love Karen and I love Booktastic. So definitely yep. go join so us. Check her out. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next Thank year. You. Okay. Bye. Bye. for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Don or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers!